Well, I am not sure, but can I ask for a show of hands? How many of you actually made it to midnight last night? Whoop. All right. All right. I made it to midnight tonight. I may not make it through today, but I made it to midnight last night. Uh, If I fall asleep during my own sermon, I'll know how some of you feel on Sunday mornings. We're so glad that you could be here, and I hope that you leave fully refreshed. Uh, But I think it would be nice to have a little nap break during the middle of the sermon just for... Uh, Just to keep us going. Oh, I am so excited about our theme this year at Northside. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. I can't even believe what we have in store. And I believe God's going to work in such a powerful way uh, that I just am so excited as we sit on the precipice of this year. I don't know if you remember the beginning of last year. We did these this thing called the Northside 90 Day Challenge. And if you have your little bracelet or not, we did the 90 Day Bible Reading. And... We are still doing a Bible reading plan in 2017, but in 2017, the focus is not Bible reading. In 2017, the focus is going to be Bible doing, and I love Bible doing. I I believe so much that God wanted us not just to know his word. Oh, that's important, but we got to put it into practice. Our theme this year in 2017, if you don't know by now, is The light of life. And our theme verse is John chapter 8, verse 12, which James just read for us. And as we think about light, we're going to talk so much about light and darkness this year, how to come to the light, how to walk in the light, how to be a light, how to share the light with others. And I am excited to think about the possibilities that God has in store for a congregation like Northside, whose heart loves to serve. As has been said many times before, we have lots of under rowers. We have a very servant minded spirit at Northside. And this is going to be a wonderful opportunity this year to take what we know up here and put it into practice right here. So I cannot wait for us to begin this journey together. And I hope that you're excited about it, too. We want to talk about light. And as we think about light, I want to make one basic point, And that is he is the light. Now, I know you know that, but in the beginning, Genesis chapter one, verse three tells us that the very first thing that God said was, let there be light. Now, now we know that the, the sun and the moon and the stars came later. So what was first in that moment was the presence of light in our physical world. Light is the source of life. Uh, if you can imagine, let's start 2017 in a very optimistic, outgoing way and think about a, a meteor coming toward the planet. And it's a giant meteor. And, and NASA says, we can't do anything. Just, you know, make sure that your all your affairs are in order because pretty soon they're going to be everywhere. And the, this meteor comes barreling toward planet Earth and it smacks us, just smacks us. Now, what will not take out the human race? Is the initial impact or the shock waves? Oh, that'll do some damage for sure. But what will take us out is all the sediment and all of the stuff that goes into the air, into our atmosphere and blocks out the light. And as the light begins to block out, all the vegetation and the plant life begins to die. And and then those tasty, tasty animals that we love so much begin to starve off. And then we begin to die. You see, light is the source of all life. Physical life, certainly, but spiritual life, especially. And that Jesus himself is the source of all our 
light, and as such, he is the source of all our life. The same is true spiritually, of course, that evil grows in dark places. If some of you are here this morning and and you're struggling with evil, where evil has its grasp on you, where sin has taken hold, it is mastered in your life, my guess is you try to keep that hidden. Think of all the sins. Go ahead. It's okay in church. Just think about them. Don't do them. But think about all the bad sins that you can think of. And my guess is that you imagine those things taking place in very dark places. Light is the source of life. Evil grows in darkness. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 19 says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. John 11.10 says, But if anyone walks in the night... He stumbles because the light is not in him. You see, it's one thing when you're a little child to be afraid of the dark on the outside. But far more disturbing is to let light, uh, to let darkness rather, seep into the inside. Where it will cause you to stumble and cause you to, to die. The answer to this, of course, is Jesus. He's both life and light. He is the starting point, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and he and he alone is life and life abundant. Without him, there can be no hope of life. Without Christ, there can be no hope. John chapter 1 Starting in verse 3, the apostle writes this, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so this year we're going to be focusing not on the darkness... Some pulpits, it's easy to, to, to curse the darkness. But what we're going to do this year from this pulpit and in this church and in your lives is let the light shine in the darkness. Because no matter how dark it gets, it never overcomes even the smallest light. John chapter 8 verse 12, I'll repeat again what James just read. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, that's easy to talk about and preach and hear about at church, but the world, the world can be a pretty dark place, can it? Now, I know we've got children in the audience this morning, so I hope that you'll kind of just prepare them. But I want to ask our guys in the back just to help me out by turning off all the lights in the auditorium. We just turn them all off and get a picture physically, symbolically, of what happens every single time you step out into the world. When you leave this building, when you leave your home, when you go to school, when you go to work, what happens is it's not the darkness growing. It's the absence of light. Of course, you over here, you look absolutely angelic, don't you? Uh, David and Brenda, look at them. They're glowing. Jesse, you know, just holy people over there. You, you guys need to work on your holiness. I don't know what the problem is. Now, I want you to listen to what Jesus says as we sit in the dark as we can get it here. Matthew chapter 5, 
verse 14. You don't have to read it because you probably can't look in your Bibles. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and praise your Father and give glory to Him who is in heaven. It's easy to curse the darkness. You say, preacher, you don't know the kind of people I work with. It's dark. You say, preacher... You don't even use Snapchat. You can't relate to my world. But my school is pretty dark. There's some bad stuff there. And you're right. I know it's dark out there. And I know it's scary too. And when you watch darkness overtake a life, when you watch people leave and slip into the darkness, when you watch lives be overtaken by the darkness, it hurts. And it's hard. It's hard to believe when you scroll down Twitter and you look at all the news in the world about wars and Aleppo and child prostitution and human trafficking. And you think, how much darker can it get? And the answer is that it never gets dark. It's just simply the absence of light. And so... What we get to do is what you all have been looking at now and your eyes have adjusted to. You see, when it got dark, what did you notice? If we can go ahead and turn, I think they're already on. But you noticed more powerfully this simple truth number two. That is, you reflect the light. Now, I want you to think for just a second. If you have your cell phone out, go ahead and pull them out or iPad or whatever you got. Because I, I want to see if I can help you understand why what we're doing this year matters so much. If you have a phone and uh, you, or an iPad or, or anything with the ability to turn on a light, I want you to do that right now. Because what happens when you take a dark space... And you fill it with light. What happens when you take a dark world and you fill it with light? Now, I know you know the song, but can we sing it together? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Oh, yeah. Now, I can't. The teen section is one of the most dimly lit places. You all should have all your lights. You have your phones on all the time. What, what is happening here? Are you going Amish on me or what? I don't know. But listen, we all have a light to shine. Keep them on. There are lights in here That will shine in places where your preacher can't go. Where your elders have no impact. There are lights in here 
that shine in families where you're the only light. And I'm talking about the the mom who's not a single mom, but she sure feels like it. She's raising the kids. She's teaching them the Bible. She's bringing them to church and she's doing it by herself. And she's got that little light and it's just barely flickering and she doesn't know. She's not sure that it even matters. But let me tell you, if you're that mom this morning, it matters. Keep letting your light shine. Or it's that teenager at school and they just feel surrounded by darkness. And they wonder if if they can make any sort of impact in their world. And I just want to tell you, when I went to my 10-year high school reunion. I had a guy come up to me, and we didn't run in the same crowd at all. And he said, you were that Christian. I'm not kidding. He said, you were that Christian. I knew you were a Christian. He said, I saw you carrying your Bible. I saw you go to to, to the Bible club. But what I saw in you was, he didn't say it this way, what he saw was this. Now, that's not for my glory. That's what Jesus said to do. He said, turn your light on so that others may see the light and give glory to the light. Do you understand? It's important that we let our light shine. You can turn down. I'm feeling like paparazzi up here. The point is simply this. And we can bring the house lights back up, guys. Thank you. Is that we are not the light. We are not the light. What we do is what that stained glass window does up there. We are a conduit for the light. We let his light shine through us. And that's in everything you do. When people at your school, everybody's cheating on the test. And you say, you know, I may get an F, but I have earned that F. When when people at your job... Uh, they're cheating the system or your coworkers are talking about, you know, they're going to fudge the numbers just a little bit on the tax return this year. So they'll get a little bigger refund and nobody will ever check. And it's not that big a deal. And they should really go after people who make more money. And you have the chance to let your light shine. I was at Oklahoma Christian and there was a, a friend of mine. He was not a Bible major. He was an accounting major. He had an internship with a very very prestigious accounting company. This place was where his career would begin to skyrocket. And very soon, if he was successful and he worked hard and he was diligent, he'd be doing very, very well. And in the internship, he was offered a position, a part-time position. And in that part-time position, he was asked to do some unethical things, to move the numbers around just a little bit on this. Now, if he didn't do it, he'd lose the position. He'd lose the opportunity, at least at that company. And this was all happening while he was still in school. And he heard a professor talk about Matthew chapter 5. That you are the light of the world. And so with all the courage he could muster, he told his boss that he, he loved working there, but he could not do What they were asking him to do. Because he was a Christian. And because he had to be honest in his dealings. I can tell you about a nursing student. She was a a surgical nursing resident. I may have misspoken that. I apologize. But, But she was working to be a nurse who was at the surgeon's hand. Right hand. 
and going through her training, they go through this, this exercise where they tell them how important it is to count the surgical sponges before they start the surgery and to make sure you have the same number after. So they were going through a surgery or a surgery the patient was under. And uh, the surgeon was a very surly kind of fellow. And he said, nurse, how many sponges do we have? Now, they had started the surgery with ten surgical sponges. In front of her were nine. The surgeon said, how many sponges, nurse, do we have? She said, sir, we only, I only count nine. He looked around a little farther. He said, well, it must be here somewhere. He said, sir, I only count nine. Now, he's getting angrier and angrier, and he, she understands that her role is on the line as well. He says, I'm going to close up this patient. We'll find the other elsewhere. She says, sir, I cannot. Now, this is a very prestigious surgeon. I cannot allow you to close up this patient with one surgical sponge. He looked at her and said, do you understand who I am? He said, yes, sir, I do. But letting her light shine, she said, sir, we cannot let this patient be closed back up with one sponge still missing. We have to find it. He looked her right in the eye. He took a step back because under his right foot was hiding that last surgical sponge. He said, I just wanted to know what kind of nurse you really were and if I could have you on my team. The light of the world is beautiful in Jesus, but where it's most powerful is when it's lived out in us. In our honesty, and on, on the job, as students, in our families, that's where we have the opportunity to reflect the light. That's where the light shines its brightest. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the apostle says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You say, well, I, I'm not going to preach in school. I can't do that. That's not what he's talking about. I don't know if you had the opportunity this morning as you were driving in to see the most fantastic sunrise you've ever seen. It is amazing what God can do, isn't it? With some oranges, some pinks, some purples, some all the colors just right there. Just glimmering across the sky as the sun peeked over the horizon. You saw it on Instagram, I'm sure. But do those pictures ever do it justice? No, because that's the beauty of light. God has made our eyes to see the beauty of his creation through the light. And the light is so powerful, it gives us life, and it pours out into our lives, into the lives of other people. And what he says here is the marvelous light. The word there simply means to gaze and behold. As I was driving along the road, sort of half paying attention, but my gaze was fixed on the sunrise. On the marvelous light. 
this year as we challenge you to live in a marvelous way. I hope people will marvel at how you live, to gaze, to behold, to set their, their, their focus on why this person, that they may see your good works and praise your Father who is in heaven. His marvelous light. He goes on to say, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And he shines not just individually in our lives, where people marvel not at who we are, but the light shining through us. He also marvels at us collectively. First John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. The scripture, the apostle of love writes this. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we, ha- we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Last night... For our New Year's Eve party, we were with our small group. And there's a collection of people around the table. And as we were sitting around playing a game, I kind of just looked at each person sitting around that table. We're all different ages and stages, all different backgrounds, all different stories. But what brings us together is the fellowship we have together in the light. It's the light that brings us together. It brings such a diverse group of people here this morning together for the same purpose and the same reason. To reflect the light. To let it live out and play out in our lives. So, as we think about our role of reflecting the light, I want to explain this year's Light of Life Challenge. May have to advance it for me. There we go. Uh, This year, the Light of Life Challenge, as a congregation, we're going to be focusing on being the light of Christ in the Wichita community and sharing the light of Christ as a church body within our neighborhood. And while we will, as I said, be doing our normal Bible reading, the real focus is the Bible doing. The challenge this year will be an intentionally outward focus. We do a lot of good things internally. We do a lot of good things in foreign lands across the sea. But this focus is an outward focus being missional in our own backyard. And we're going to partner with one of four ministries. We're asking each Northsider to consider partnering with one of these four ministries. The Riverwalk Church of Christ Simple House. The College Crest Church of Christ Soup Kitchen. The Car- uh, Carpenter Place and our own Celebrate Recovery. Every Northside family in 2017, we are challenging you to give $20 and 17 hours, so just 2017, uh, with one of these great works. Each of these ministries is different. Some require people hours. They, they need people. Some of them need dollars. Some of them need donations of physical goods. Everybody in this room is in a different situation. Some of you can give money, but not time. Some of you can give things, but not money. Some of you can give uh, or stay at home or you're retired and you can work during the day and volunteer. 
Some of you can't do that, and you have to partner with another ministry. There's different ways to be involved. That's why we've selected four different ones. They're all different, and they should allow Northsiders at least one opportunity to donate their time, their dollars, or both. There's, a, there's four sign-up lists. Maybe you've seen them this morning. They're at the activities corner. Tomorrow morning, I'll be sending out an email. If you're on the, the bulletin list, you'll see this. So you don't have to, if, you, if it's crowded over there or whatever, you can just sign up by email by simply replying and letting us know which ministry you'd like to sign up with. We encourage you to sign up today. The sign-ups will be open from now through January 15th. And once you're involved, we'd love for you to share your experience on social media using the hashtag NorthsideLights. Now guys, I'll ask you to advance the slide so the clicker doesn't seem to be working, and we'll watch a short video about the Light of Life Challenge. Northsiders can be involved by giving money donations, which will go directly into a fund, and food will be purchased through the Kansas Food Bank. We can always use non-perishable items, especially peanut butter and jelly, mac and cheese and cereal. We can use clothing, especially men's clothing and children's clothing, not so much women's. We get plenty of that. Shampoo, soap, toothpaste, toothbrushes. We try to give out hygiene items, especially when people ask for them, and, and they do. We have a soup kitchen program here that uh, uh, reaches out to the community. Uh, we feed a lot of homeless people, and we feed in, uh, well, anybody can come and eat, anybody who needs or wants a meal. And we're open on Mondays from uh, 11.30 to 1 p.m. We also uh, could use monetary uh, donations, you know, donations for um Appliances, you know, uh, replacing appliances, um, or, you know, donations of used appliances. Okay, we volunteers, we needed one for food preparation, two uh, servers, and three cleanups. Now, we used to get the one or two, but sometimes, you know, the cleanup people, you know, we need more volunteers for cleanup. I guess I want to say thank you for considering our uh, church, and uh, God bless. Well, we can certainly use people and finances to help our ministry and celebrate recovery. For people, it would be wonderful to have um, greeters to come on Thursday nights. It would be wonderful to have child care people both for step study and for uh, our celebration place. And then for the landing, uh, we could use a worship leader. For money, we can use, we buy these Bibles for every person who commits to the step study, and that would be a great gift for the North Side and the curriculum also. So those are ways people could volunteer. In 2017, we would love to have your help. What are some ways that you can help Carpenter Place in 2017? Well, the first thing is I would invite you to come out and have lunch with our girls and spend some time getting to know them. Uh, then maybe you want to help out with some mentorship opportunities or maybe help out in one of our classes throughout the school day. Another way that you could help us would be in our donation processing building. We have a food pantry. We have clothing items that we get, and we want to be able to process those through. We also have 13 acres, so there's times throughout the year where maybe we need some help with raking leaves or maybe just helping with painting or helping in the cottages. 
But in 2017, we'd love to have you rebuild families and restore lives. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You say, okay, but that's a little uncomfortable for me. To which your preacher says, good. It's good for us to be an uncomfortable church. We haven't, the Lord has not blessed Northside through the years by doing what we've always done and by sitting on our laurels and just saying, well, the Lord will bless us. No, it's only come through hard work, sacrifice and people being uncomfortable. So I hope that you'll select one. You say, well, I'm an overachiever. I'd like to do all four. Well, good for you. But please, at least, pick one. Now, I think the advantage of picking one is that you can really focus your time, your dollars, your energy, and efforts. But start with one. You want to do more, that's fine. Uh, to review the Light of Life Challenge, number one, sign up at the Activities Corner or by the email that will go out tomorrow. Now, if you are wanting to help with that, or maybe you think I already do and I don't need to sign up, well, we'd still like you to sign up, and I'll explain why. We have coordinators. See, if we inundate these ministries with hundreds of Northsiders on January 8th, they're going to get angry and we're going to achieve nothing. So we need to work to spread out our people and our resources so that uh, we can help them in a way that's really effective. But we're not looking to reinvent the wheel. We're just looking to help their ministry that they're already doing uh, be brighter. Um, we want you to sign up with one of the ministries listed. And beside each of those ministries, you'll see that there's a name or a couple's name. And those will be the coordinators, the north side coordinators. So, for example, let me say that if you decide, well, I'd really love what's going on at Carpenter Place. I really see some opportunities to mentor those girls and pray with them and do Bible studies with them. And, I, I mean, and you just... As soon as service is over, you're running for Ben and you're trying to corner him. We don't want to do that. What we want to do is have this intermediary coordinator that can handle all of the questions and what can I do and how do I help just to make sure we're spreading it out. So I'll ask these folks to stand this morning if they're in the audience so that you know who they are. And if you decide you'd like to partner with a ministry, you can go talk to them after you sign up, of course. Uh, Simple House is being coordinated by Gloria Emery. Is Gloria here? This one? There she is. Okay, that's Gloria, and she's going to be coordinating all of the efforts. Uh, a lot of Simple House needs physical items donated. You say, we have these bins over here. Yes, they have specific things that are very helpful, and Gloria can help with that. They also have days where they're going to have giant pallets of food from the food warehouse, and uh, they could use some help unloading those about once a month. So if you're interested or have more questions, talk to Gloria, and she can help and answer any questions that you might have. With the soup kitchen, Elroy and Marie Christie are uh, back over here. Elroy and Marie have already been volunteering with the soup kitchen, and uh, I know many Northsiders have as well, and they have agreed to coordinate our efforts. So if you would like to serve once a week to the homeless uh, community or other people that are needing meals, and you have the ability to do that, or maybe you have uh, the ability to give and donate toward buying new appliances or donating food or whatever, uh, talk to Elroy and Marie, and certainly please remember to sign up. Thank you, guys. And third is Carpenter Place and David and Sarah Holt. I know they're usually around, but I don't know exactly where they're sitting. They're all pointing over there. Good. 
Thank you. The only one who didn't see you was the preacher. David, David and Sarah will be coordinating this effort. Uh, there are physical needs, but there's also relational needs with the girls. And they, they know all of their situations and stories and can help coordinate all of the Northsiders in the best way possible to help Carpenter Place and the great work that they do. So if you have questions about Carpenter Place, don't go talk to Ben. Go talk to David or Sarah and make sure you sign up for that as well. And finally, Celebrate Recovery. Now, Celebrate Recovery, the coordinators are Jeff and Jenny Martin. Unfortunately, Jeff and Jenny are out of town. They wouldn't be back this morning, but I'm sure you know Elaine Denman. And Elaine, who I know is sitting here somewhere because I'm pretty sure. Nope. Elaine? There she is, right over there. Go ahead and stand up, Elaine. Um, of course, she coordinates so much to celebrate recovery, but because of today and Martin's not being able to be here, if you have questions about specific ways you could be involved and don't know about the Celebrate Recovery ministry, you please go talk to Elaine today and sign up, or you can talk to them, Jeff or Jenny any other time. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the, again, the challenge is to give $20 and 17 hours and that's a starting point. You can give more, of course, but um, we hope that you will plan to do that. And uh, if you have any questions, the, talk to the coordinators and ask them for information and then sign up with the ministry that you'd like to partner with in 2017. And then as you're serving, you just take it doesn't have to be a big thing, but take a picture of you or your family serving in various ways. Uh, and just use the hashtag Northside Lights. That hashtag allows anyone to see it, and so we can share all of the good works going on, not for our praise, but for his praise. Well, we remember, of course, the very first point of this entire message, and that is that he is the light. And when his light shines through us, it makes a huge impact in the world that's very, very dark. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 12, says, For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off, cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. This morning, you are closer now to Jesus' return than you have ever been. And if you don't have his light in you, then the word tells us that when you step into eternity, you only have darkness to face. We don't want that for you, and we don't believe anyone else truly wants that either. So if you'd like his light to be in you, and you're ready to obey the gospel this morning by believing and confessing his name, turning away from sin and being immersed in the water for the forgiveness of your sins, we can help you with that this morning. John chapter 12, verse 46 says, I've come into the world as the light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. You don't have to remain in darkness anymore. You have the opportunity to come. As we close, I want to tell you about the series that we're starting uh, beginning next Sunday called Reset, when you're ready to begin again. And we're going to talk about how your life can be new and different, starting with Jesus Christ. And this will be a wonderful series to invite your friends or neighbors or coworkers to. If you know somebody who's in a situation where they're just tired of the way things are, and they're looking for a fresh start, looking for a reset, and they're ready to begin again, I hope you'll invite them. Whatever your need this morning, if you'll come, our shepherds will meet you down front and help you in any way that we can as together we stand and sing.